Hey there, I'm Heather Mulder, a former AmLaw 100 partner who, just five years into my legal career, found myself teetering on the edge of burnout. Instead of becoming yet another burnout statistic, I decided to redefine success on my own terms, enabling me to build a profitable legal practice while navigating the challenges of two kids, the 2008 financial crisis, and a battle with breast cancer. What I learned is that you can build a successful legal career without sacrificing your health or personal happiness. And I'm now on a mission to help lawyers do just that. Join me each week for practical, unfiltered advice on how to successfully navigate the challenging legal market and succeed in both life and law. This is the Life in Law Podcast. Why, hey there. Welcome to the Life and Law Podcast. This is your host, Heather Mulder, and I'm so happy that you are here with me today. So it is episode four, and this is the first episode that I'm doing that is uh, the weekly podcast. Last week, we launched, and the first three were launched during that week. From here on out, I'm going to be dropping a new episode every single Tuesday. So we're going to get into a quick rhythm here. And today, we're actually going to talk about something very different from what we talked about last week. Last week, we talked about stress and we talked about work-life balance. Today, we are going to talk about business development. Yes, the dreaded business development. And specifically, we're going to get into 10 business development myths that are holding you back. Now, first off, I know that not everybody who is listening to this is in private practice. And yes, business development is distinctly a private practice thing. However, I do think that there is a certain level of client, stakeholder, business development, call it whatever you will, that everybody has to deal with, regardless of whether you are working in the corporate world or whether you are in private practice. So I actually do think it would behoove you to listen to this episode because I think you can learn from some of the things I'll be talking about regardless and take what you can from it and apply it to your situation. In fact, I know that there will be things that I am going to talk about that would still be helpful to you even if you do not have to develop your own book of business. Also, if you are in private practice, but you are early on in private practice and you're not having to worry about it yet, no worries. I still think this will help you. It's important to understand because business development is a big part of private practice and it is something that you do have to get good at if you want to truly succeed in private practice. And when I say succeed, I mean take control of your own career. When you're able to develop your own book of business, you get to take control. And that's what most lawyers want. And it can lead to a lot more fulfillment, making a much bigger impact, working with clients you really enjoy, and frankly, having a more balanced life, which you may not see that right now, but I promise if you have your own book of business, you have a lot more control and hence you can create better balance. Before I get started, I just want to say These are things that I fell prey to at various times within my career that I had to overcome. And they're also things that I see a lot of my clients dealing with. And in my experience, most attorneys have fallen prey to believing more than one of these myths. Not all 10 necessarily, but at least a couple of them. So let's just dive right in because there are a lot to go through. (laughs) We're going to get through 10 today. So myth number one, introverts can't develop business. Here's the deal, y'all. 
you absolutely do not have to be an extroverted person to develop a book of business. Believe it or not, I am more introverted than extroverted. I guess you could say, I've heard this phrase used before, that I'm an introverted extrovert. I can get out there. I can schmooze. I can network. I can go to bigger events. I like to speak. But I'm really more of an introverted person. I would much prefer to be in a very small setting. I would prefer to be alone, frankly. <laughs> it's one of the reasons I'm doing a podcast is one of my client development strategies in my current business because it's a lot easier to just sit here in my home and record episodes and get them out than it is to have to go out to big networking events. Also, really hard to go do networking events these days, right? So you absolutely do not have to be an extroverted person to develop a good book of business. And the way I developed business wasn't through networking a lot. I mean, I networked, but I networked different. I didn't go to a bunch of events. I didn't go to tons of conferences. I didn't, you don't have to do those things, okay? Business development can happen in so many ways. And so I want you to really challenge that whole, oh, I can't do it because I'm introverted. Because it's just not true. I developed my business by networking internally with attorneys that I knew and trusted, by getting referrals, getting introductions, uh, by building strong relationships with clients, and then asking them for referrals and introductions, that was a lot easier for me. And you could totally do that as an introvert and build a business, right? Initially, when I started out as a partner, I had a small book of business, but it was gone by the end of my first year. And uh, that's when the 2008 crash happened. As a corporate finance partner, that was devastating for me, right? So I had to pivot my practice and start from zero. And within a couple of years, I hit the 1 million mark. And then a couple of years later, I got over 2 million. And I did that while being a pretty introverted person, okay? So it's a total myth. There are plenty of ways that you can client develop. You can write. You can do podcasts. It, not necessarily start your own, but you can be interviewed on podcasts. You can record short videos and post them on LinkedIn on topics of interest to potential clients. You can speak. Lots of introverts do speak. It's a myth that you have to be an extrovert to be a good speaker or to even enjoy speaking. So there are a lot of ways to do it. Do not shy away from developing your own book of business just because you are more introverted. The trick is to figure out your unique strengths and skills and what you enjoy doing and leveraging those in your business development efforts, okay? All right, so that's enough of myth number one. Let's get on to myth number two, that you have to be a natural rainmaker to build a successful business. I define rainmakers at people that enjoy selling and where selling just comes really natural to them. And because it comes so natural, they very effectively build huge books of business to where they keep them not just themselves busy, but a large team of people busy. And so their book of business is usually pretty darn big. Well, number one, you don't have to get as big as them. You can have a million-dollar book of business or close to it or a $2 million book of business and not even really consider yourself a rainmaker. I wasn't. I never considered myself a rainmaker, and I'm positive that people in my firm didn't because the people we looked at for rainmakers were much more extroverted than I was and had even bigger books of business. And that's not what I wanted, right? I wanted a book of business that would keep me busy and keep a, a small group of people busy and provide a good living for me. And that was it. And you can absolutely do that, and you don't have to be a natural rainmaker for it. The, the truth is that selling comes easy to some people. It doesn't to others. 
but it's a skill that can absolutely be developed. Okay. Business development is really just about developing the skills that you need to develop your business while leveraging the strengths that you have so that you can have more fun with your efforts and stay consistent with it. And honestly, business development is more about developing relationships than anything else. So definitely don't shy away from it just because you see these big rainmakers who are incredibly extroverted and always out doing development efforts and probably have given their lives over to their firm, you do not have to be that way to have a profitable, sustainable book of business. I promise you that because I absolutely did it. I know plenty of people who've done it and my clients are pretty much the same as me. They don't want $10 million or even a $5 million book of business. That's too big for them. But they absolutely are capable and do build books of business that keep them busy and keep their team busy and are very profitable and sustainable. So let's go on to myth number three. And this is a biggie for a lot of younger people. And and frankly, I see this in, in more senior partners too, but it's something that a lot of us buy into early on. And that's that business development is one size fits all right? We see the partners that are speaking all the time, so we think we need to go speak. We see others that are writing all the time, so we need need to go write. We see those that schmooze like crazy in networking events, and so we think we have to go do all these different networking events. And what happens is we think that they're all doing all of those things when they're not. Good business developers understand that they have certain strengths, and they leverage those strengths, and they really double down on those, and they don't worry about all the other stuff. Okay, so what I see happening a lot is I see a lot of young partners and even senior associates, if they're allowed to start developing business, where they start to mirror all the tactics everybody else is doing. And before you know it, they're exhausted and they stop doing it because they're doing too much and it's just unsustainable and they cannot be consistent with it. And they hate it. Don't do things you don't enjoy doing. Again, leverage your unique strengths and skills in ways that you enjoy doing them to business develop, okay? And I actually have a free resource that talks about how to do this. Um, So be sure that you grab it. It's called the Client Development Blueprint. And it kind of gives you an idea of how to start thinking about, you know, how you can best business develop in a way that's fun, in a way that feels easier and doesn't feel so hard, okay? I will have that resource in the show notes, so be sure to check it out. All right, let's move on to myth number four that's holding you back. And that is that marketing and selling are the same thing. Okay, there is a difference between marketing and selling. Marketing is what you do to get the word out and get people interested in you and your services. Selling is when you're actually chasing clients or potential clients to get the sale. It includes asking for the sale. Now, you can sell to someone within some of your marketing, but most marketing isn't going to sell, at least not overtly, okay? So examples of marketing, social media posts, SEO-optimized articles. If you don't know what SEO is, you probably need to learn. Um, Even if you don't use it, it's good to understand. That's search engine optimization. If you go do a Google search, you're going to get a bunch of things that show up on page one. SEO-optimized articles are those articles that show up on page one. 
So if you are targeting a particular search term that gets searched a lot, because that's how clients might find you, and you would be surprised how many clients find their lawyers by doing Google searches, you might want to target that phrase. And so you learn how to optimize the article for that phrase. That's SEO optimizing. So that's a way to market. Speaking, advertising, sponsorships, when we sponsor events, right? Networking, if done properly. So networking really only counts as marketing if it's done the right way. If you go to a networking event and you ask people about the weather or how your appetizer tastes, that's, that's not really effective marketing, right? Okay, so the point of marketing is to establish who you are, what you do, how you help. It's really about what we call lead generation. You're generating leads, lead, i.e. potential clients um, that might be interested in your services soon or one day. Selling are, is when you ask for the sale. It's when you go to a pitch. It's when you partake in a beauty contest, right? It also includes, and I don't think a lot of lawyers think about this, selling also includes um, specific follow-up, right, with potential clients or clients. When you are following up with them with the intent of closing a deal, getting a new case, you know, getting work from that client. And so it also includes having deeper conversations with clients and potential clients that are really aimed at helping them to make a decision to hire you, right? You're selling when you do that. And that may sound a little weird, but it's a really effective way of selling. And we're going to get into that in a couple more myths about how to utilize that. But when you have deep conversations with potential clients, knowing that they have a big case coming up or a big deal that you really want, you can aim the questions you're asking or what you choose to tell, you know, to talk to them about or give them a few tips, you can aim that specifically to show your expertise and show them how you can help them, not by selling them overtly, right? You're not saying, oh, I can help you. You're doing it in a way where you're helpful, where you're actually giving them some free advice, some free tips, some free information. That's actual selling if you do it strategically and intentionally. So it's really important to understand the difference between marketing and selling so that you do both and you do them well. If you don't understand the difference and you don't differentiate between the two, then what's going to happen, what I see happen a lot of time, is it's kind of like throwing spaghetti up at the wall. You don't go at your business development efforts in a very strategic manner. And if you're not strategic, then it's not going to be very effective, okay, or effective at all. And again, this is something I go into in the client development blueprint. So I do suggest that you grab it. Okay, so let's move on to myth number five. And this might sound strange to you, but getting confused with what marketing is versus what business development is. Okay, and actually thinking that business development is the same as marketing. So we've already been over why marketing and selling aren't the same thing. Let's differentiate between business development and marketing. So business development consists of three main things, marketing, selling, and building connections or relationships. Okay, so we've already been through what marketing and selling are. Hopefully you get the difference now between what those two things are. Let's talk about the third aspect because this is the most important piece. 
And it's the one I think a lot of lawyers leave off because they feel like they don't have enough time for. It's easy to do marketing, to post some stuff on social media, and to get your marketing department to get your name out there. And you can occasionally ask for the sale and go after, you know, a big deal or a big case from a client or a potential client. But the connection building is really the most important piece to business development. Because really business development at the end of the day is about building relationships with people. You want to make deep, meaningful connections to the point where you understand their needs so that you can address them, right? You need to be able to address their needs with a solution that works, that's effective. You also want to be sure that you build trust, that you build a real meaningful connection because people are not going to hire you unless they trust you. And so following up with people continually for a long period of time consistently builds a relationship with them and not following up to sell but following up just to see how they are to see what their struggles are to give them a piece of free advice right to be helpful to them that helps to develop develop that trust that I'm talking about and helps you to develop a meaningful connection and part of doing that when you do that is you're going to be asking a lot of questions. So you're going to get to know them better and really be able to target the things you do send them to be targeted towards the right problem, what they really need now. Okay, so that was myth number five. Myth number six, selling is sleazy and it's beneath you as a lawyer. It is interesting to me how many lawyers don't think they should have to sell and really don't want to. And I think... It's not that they think they shouldn't have to if they're being really honest. It's that they don't like it because it feels icky. It feels sleazy. We think of the used car salesman, right? And when somebody has a legal need, we don't want to be selling them. It just feels wrong. But I hate to break it to you. If you want to build your business, you're going to have to sell. And that means asking for the business. You've got to ask people. Now, Here's the thing. There are plenty of ways to do this where it feels good. Remember, the point is to build real relationships with people. So you don't go out and meet somebody at a networking event and immediately pitch them to do business for them. That's too quick. But you do go out and you ask questions and you get to know them and you find out what they're struggling with. And then maybe you follow up with an article that you wrote that pinpoints an issue that they talked about or even an article that you recently read that you didn't write but you thought was good and would help them. And then you follow up and maybe you have lunch with them and that you, you build that relationship. And at some point, you do have to ask. But you can do this in a very natural, organic way, okay? When you develop business this way, when you build a real relationship, when you get to know a potential client, it makes asking for the sale a lot easier. It's more authentic. It's done with integrity. And here's the thing. Come from a place of being a servant leader. Servant leadership is a big deal when it comes to selling. And what I mean by that is you are serving them. You are there to serve them. And you only sell them when you are serving them, which means... 
You don't try to bring in a deal that you can't handle or no one in your firm can. I had a client call me once asking me if I could do a particular area of law. They were my number one client. I loved working with them. I hated turning work down, but I could not help them. And we didn't have anybody in the firm at the time. A year later, we got somebody who could help them. But we didn't have anybody in the firm at the time. It was a very specialized area. And I said, no, I'm sorry. You got to be honest and you only sell with integrity. So when you come at selling in this way, it's not sleazy. All right, so let's move on to myth number seven. And this is a biggie. Well, clients are going to come to me when they need me. So I don't have to ask all that often. Well, we've already gone over why selling is so important. And I hate to break it to you, but I'm sure, I'm sure you've had this experience if you are a partner. If you've ever spent time on a potential client, you've wined and dined them. You've sent them articles. You do some follow-up. Maybe you do a free CLE for them. But then you lose track because, you know, you stayed consistent for maybe four or five months, but then you lost track. And lo and behold, you find out that they just hired somebody else for a big case or a big deal that you were perfect for. The problem is you didn't, you didn't stay up with them, number one. And number two, you never asked. Eventually, you do have to ask them. And again, there are lots of ways to do this that can feel good. Now, I'm not saying that people are never going to call you out of the blue. Sometimes that really does happen. But the honest fact is, if you never ask, you're very rarely to get a lot of business. You've got to ask. And you can do this in very natural ways. When you're giving a speech or a CLE presentation or even at a networking event, when you're talking to people during that networking event or after the presentation or speech, start asking questions that relate to what you just talked about and find out what they're struggling with that relates to it. Give them a few tips. If you find that you really could help them on something that they're working on, ask how you might be able to help them with it. I mean, there is a natural and organic way that this can happen if you just learn to follow up with people, ask more questions, and get really curious. Okay. So that was myth number seven. We only have three more, y'all. Myth number eight. Thinking it's just too time-consuming. It's too complicated. I don't have time for it. I got to put it off till later. Okay, so I hate to break it to you, but yes, business development does take some time. But you know what? It doesn't take as much time as you probably think, especially if you don't fall prey to that initial myth of, you know, doing what everybody else does. If you go about it very strategically, leverage your own strengths and skills, and utilize that in a way that's fun to you, number one, it's not going to feel like as much work. And so you're going to want to do more of it because it's going to be more fun. You're going to do it with more ease. You'll be able to be more consistent. It won't feel so exhausting. And also, you want to make sure that you, again, narrow in on just one or two strategies. That way, you don't get so exhausted. You don't get overwhelmed. So it doesn't have to be so time-consuming. There is no magic to business development other than figuring out what you're good at, that you like doing, and getting consistent with it. Okay, myth number nine, you got to spend money to make money. This one's a big one, and I don't find that everybody falls prey to this, but I've definitely found my fair share of people 
who have spent so much money on huge events for client development and then not gotten anything in return. And then they get upset when the firm takes that out of their bottom line. So here's the deal. Yes, sometimes you do need to spend money. You take people to lunches, dinners, happy hours, events. You do corporate sponsorships. That does include spending money. But it's not just about spending money, right? And those are all good things to do upon occasion for branding and marketing purposes. But at the end of the day, remember, business development is about building relationships, making that connection and building trust over time. And that does not have to cost you any money at all or very little money. So for example, when I developed my book of business, I picked up the phone and called clients every week. Now, sometimes I didn't have to do this uh, overtly because I was already working with clients a lot. But if I had clients that didn't send me as much work, then I would pick up the phone and call them. And I didn't necessarily call them every week, but every week I chose someone to call just to find out, hey, how are you doing? It's been a while. And I would ask questions about how is your spouse? How are your kids? We knew each other on a more personal level. I have a client who, when she gets super busy, so she's a corporate attorney who sometimes gets pulled into bankruptcy matters, and that's definitely been happening for her the past year because the economy hasn't been doing so well. So when she gets really busy, she sets aside 15 minutes today for follow-up. She knows that she can't spend as much time on client development, but she spends at least 15 minutes per day. Now, that's not all she does. And this is only when she gets crazy busy. But during that 15 minutes time, she will send an article out to a few clients that she thinks it could be helpful to. She'll pick up the phone and call somebody. She'll send a few emails. She'll she'll vary it up. There are ways to client develop where you don't spend any money or you spend very little. All right, last one. Myth number 10. You've got to always be bringing in new clients. No, that's not the case. And honestly, you're making a huge mistake if that's where most of your efforts are going. Because you're leaving a lot on the table if you're only focusing on new leads, new clients. So when you're going after new clients, it's going to be more time consuming. It's going to be a little bit more exhausting because there's more work you got to put in, right? You don't have the relationship yet where they're willing to send you work. And so you're working really hard and there's no guarantee either. So some of your efforts are going to pay off, some of them are not. And even those that do pay off, sometimes it takes a while, six months, 12 months, two years. It could take a long time to bring in a new client. But when you already have a relationship with somebody, it's easier to build upon it and grow. It's the lower hanging fruit. The other thing about this, and a reason I think it's a huge mistake to be overly focused on trying to bring in new clients, is you only have so much time. I mean, let's be honest, right? And although it doesn't have to be massively time-consuming, yes, it takes time to develop new business. If you are spending most of your time trying to get new clients, then you are likely ignoring current clients or clients that you've worked with in the past that are no longer going to use you in the future because they are going to feel like you only care about people who are bringing in new business. And that's not good. The last thing you want is to work hard to bring in a client and then not keep up with your relationships to the point where you lose them. So when I was building my business, I after I had to pivot my practice, and start from scratch, 
I got a new client and we were a backup. I only got, you know, I was only going to get a couple of deals per year, if that, as the backup law firm. And so I made a very conscious decision over the course of two years to really focus on increasing the business I got from them. That's how I got to the million dollar mark. And honestly, I kept growing from there. And they are one of the big reasons I got over the two million mark as well. I was able to build my business because I grew what I already had. Now, I also grew another client that helped me a lot too. And I did other efforts and brought in others. But a lot of my efforts were targeted at current clients. So do not take your current clients for granted. There is often a lot there that you can build upon. Okay, so that's it. Those are the 10 big myths that I see holding most attorneys back when it comes to their business development efforts. If you would like to know how to develop a simple client development strategy that helps you get more clients and increase your profits while also having more fun without all the stress and overwhelm. Again, I do have a free resource for you, the Client Development Blueprint. I highly recommend that you download it and it will be in the show notes. Okay, y'all, I hope you learned something from today. I would love to hear from you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please do give me a review and I will be back next week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Life & Law Podcast. If you enjoyed this week's episode and aren't yet a subscriber, be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you don't miss an episode. For show notes and free resources to help you succeed in both life and law, including the Life & Law Roadmap, visit lifeandlawpodcast.com.